Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Um, coming up, it's been another difficult weekend for Guernsey FC. A last gasp defeat at Foots Lane. Um, a set up an early six-pointer at bottom side Mersham tonight. Um, but just how worried should the Green Lions be? Um, we'll try and answer that in a moment. Um, fair to say as well, there were some eye-catching results in the We Wake Up over the weekend. Um, more on those to come. Plus, we've got a full interview with the former star trophy skipper, who's now making waves in Miami. My name is Tony Kerr, and alongside me this week is Gareth Debrevo. Hi, Tony. And Simon Delarue. Hello. Great to see you both. Um, My chat with Callum Chapman-Page coming up in a bit. Um, But first, let's start at Foots Lane, where we all were on Saturday, although, Gareth, you had your eyes on the hockey for most of it, I think. Um, Del, you had your eyes firmly fixed on the pitch, commentating for GFC TV as the Green Lions took on Ashford Town. Uh, I think went in with some hopes of a, of a good result at the weekend. It was a, a glorious afternoon for football, it has to be said. Um, but after 90 minutes of uh, quite a few half chances and a, and a you know promising enough display for the Green Lions, there was a, a sting in the tail. Ashford um, hitting Guernsey on the break in the 93rd minute um, to take all three points. I mean, how much did that one hurt? Oh, it was, it was, uh, it was one that was tough to take, I think, for all concerned. Uh, the, the fans in the Garen stand... Um, the the players uh, the dismay was written all over their faces and in their gestures uh, as that goal went in it went in in I think 93 and a half minutes there was clearly not going to be well it felt like there wasn't going to be any time for Guernsey to come back into it Uh, as it happened actually they had about three or four shots on target (laughs) in those last few seconds of a massive sort of goal mouth scramble but um, you know when it comes so late like that it's pretty difficult to retrieve Um, and so yeah Guernsey gave us good as they got particularly in the first half and and actually for the first half of the second half if you like um, with some decent chances some some decent work by a number of players you know there weren't any sort of uh, abject displays out there by any player in green and there was some promising stuff too I think Fazakli really is a quite handful for visiting defenders to have to deal with he holds the the ball up so well and uh, Keanu Marsh had a really good game with it making a lot of good runs and uh, and the usual players that you expect to be pretty solid like uh, Jacob Fallis for example Thomas Dodds uh, putting good displays well Tom Vodin caught the eye um, you know it, it, it was it was a game where Guern- you felt Guernsey were the more likely to score in the first half very even for most of the second half uh, could easily have gone the other way and then you're thinking oh well we'll have to settle for a point at least it's something to build on and then bang right at the end that uh, that sucker punch from their um, substitute Dale Burnham an excellent ball through to him from their nippy winger um, Iqbal who had a great game it was their best player yeah, it, it really, real disappointment. You mentioned that uh, they've got that six-pointer tonight. Don't let Tony Vance hear you say that. <laughs> I, I, I did mention that to him. He, he, he scoffed at me and said, well, it's too early in the season to talk about that sort of thing. If we'd won, we could have gone up into mid-table and, um, you know, it's just too early to talk in those ways. Who knows? Both teams could be, you know, mid-table within a few weeks. It's it's early days yet. But clearly, it's, uh, it's an important game for Guernsey uh, to approach now. This one against the bottom club, the, uh, the only team below them because if they lose that then it really starts to look quite ugly so in some ways there is a little bit of pressure on it yeah seven played for Guernsey um, just two goals for which um, you know you would suggest is where the, the, the major issues are at the moment you know they're not shipping um, you know huge numbers of goals at the other end but for all the attacking talent that it looked like uh, GFC were going into the season with it kind of hasn't quite clicked yet I mean 
how close were they to, to, I suppose, making an impact to that end of the pitch on Saturday? Well, I suppose, I mean, well, they, they hit the uh, crossbar. I mean, that's fairly close. And uh, as I said, they, they did create a, a reasonable number of chances. But um, I suppose in some ways, a lot of the chances that Guernsey create look quite similar to each other. And, and in that regard, perhaps they're slightly easy to read or to get used to for visiting defences. Um, and... You know, I guess something um, that they're, they're lacking this season a little bit is is a kind of creative midfielder who can come up with the unexpected um, and fox defend, defenders uh, and unlock them that way. Um, but there's certainly no lack of effort. Um, they were, of course, missing Ross Allen. Um, I'm sure any visiting defence are very happy to see that his name is not on the team sheet and I understand he's missing for tonight as well. Um, but um, nevertheless, you know, I mean... Danny Hale and um, Will Fazakley uh, are, are pretty decent players themselves. I'm sure it's only a matter of time before they find the net. Let's hope they do so in one where Guernsey can uh, keep it tight at the other end. Yeah, Gareth, a big game tonight. I mean, it is still very early in the season. It's been a, as what I think as we said last week, it's been a very stop-start um, beginning to the campaign. Are you sensing any sort of concerns, kind of you know, around the club about the way things have started? Um, not not quite yet, Tony. I mean, as Tony Vance sort of pointed out, it is very congested, you know. A couple of wins, all of a sudden, we're looking almost top half of the table. That's sort of how close it is. Um, but now that they have got this run of fixtures where they've got, I think, six in October altogether, they need to get to the end of this month with a few more points in the bag. That, that's It's just about building momentum. You don't want the wrong sort of momentum where you could be playing OK, but you're not getting any reward for it. Um, it, it does need to start just producing just just some decent results. If you went through sort of three or four games unbeaten, it just helps build that confidence. And yeah, and it is really a case of sticking the ball in the net. I mean, it's such obviously um, having seen the preseason game where Charlton Govine got injured, I, it was obvious that he wasn't going to be around for a while. It's really it's a shame to hear that he needs surgery on his ankle. Um, he's going to. I mean, I don't know if we'll see him this season. If um, the sort of the length, length of time they're talking about the rehab and what have you is um, that is such a huge loss for them. I mean, as Dell was saying, the creativity in midfield from last season was basically Charlton and Ben Acey. Um Obviously, now neither of those two are playing at the moment, so they, they've got to find different avenues in, of getting getting the ball forward um, and getting it into the net. But um, yeah, no, no big panic stations yet. Um, but yeah, you just you just want to start getting just a, a run of games together where we are picking up points on a regular basis, and just to help move up the table. And if that happens, you you can move up the table pretty rapidly at the moment. Yeah, I mean it's tough to lose a player like Charlton and and expect to sort of carry on in the same vein. I mean, he, yeah, he's a sort of dynamic um, kind of running creative midfielder that that you think would be um, a godsend at the moment for GFC. But yeah, of course we wish him all the best with his recovery. Hopefully, we'll see him back on a. A pitch before too long. I mean, it was good to see Paris Pereira making his way back onto the pitch for Guernsey FC as well. Obviously, has his own um, injury problems, um, so that you know, gives gives them another option. Perhaps uh, that may well help. And making his debut uh, at the weekend was uh, Dave Merris, who uh, uh, is, is a former semi-professional, has played for Harrogate and for York City. Um, he's been playing for Bells and and uh, coaching at Bells, um, and um, so he's been on the island for about a year now, and, and um, he's now uh, showing willingness to to 
to train with and appear for Guernsey FC home and away. So it gives another option. He's a he's a more defensively minded, so I'm not necessarily uh, bigging him up as the kind of the creative genius. Uh, but he certainly looked extremely competent, as you might expect, and uh, fit, fit as a butcher's dog as well. Yeah, I understand he's in his early 40s. Um, I hope for so, all of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for you, mate, maybe. I'm, I'm well beyond that. I think he's more the exception to the rule, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, it just gives gives more um, options in the ranks. So th- th- there were a, a few silver linings there. Yeah, great to see him involved, and I think given his experience in the game, would be uh, I'm sure setting a good example at training. And um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much he's involved this season. Um, so yeah, as we say, uh, it's a trip to Mersham tonight. Um, bottom versus second bottom, and uh, it's actually a, yeah two games this week. As Gareth says, busy few weeks ahead. Uxbridge, the visitors to Footslane on Sunday afternoon. Um, they're 12th in the table with eight points from their first six games. So I think I've said it a few times this season already, but, you know, uh, yeah, on paper at least, um, you know, a game that GFC will go into with some hope. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they didn't play badly at the weekend, you know, that, that has to be borne in mind. One thing that really caught my eye on Saturday was um, a, a bit of pure pantomime that occurred where the uh, the visiting referee, Daniel Derso, booked completely the wrong player for a foul on Will Fazakli. And uh, and the, the Garand stand really got into it. They were, <laughs> they were uh, booing and hissing. And it really was being uh, like being at Beaux-Azur around Christmas time. You know? <laughs> um, and, and the player himself was kind of egging them on because he was trying to explain to the ref that it wasn't him who'd committed the foul. Um, but and he went to the book. I've written about it actually for the Guernsey FC program for, for Sunday so if you're there you'll better read all yeah, about it yeah pick one of those up the supporters in the grandstand haven't lost their sense of humour no, no sure. absolutely not definitely enjoy a moment like that although um, it was nil-nil at the time <laughs> <laughs> Simon Delarue uh, joining us there and he'll be back I'm sure on commentary duty at the weekend um, uh, we'll hear from him soon uh, here on the Guernsey Press Football Podcast Gareth you mentioned Ben AC there some uh, news out of Bristol City as well today yeah literally as we're walking in to record the, the latest episode of the podcast um, Bristol City um, tweeted the good news that Ben AC signed a, a year contract extension um, at Ashton Gate so he's now tied down to a deal till the summer of 2024 so obviously he's making a, a good impression over there he's been playing regularly for their under 21s and uh, scored last week if I remember rightly so um, yeah it's great news for, for Ben and let's hope his progress continues there. Yeah, really good news. Um, congratulations to him. And uh, yeah, good sign that, that things are, are working uh, working out for him over there. Um, as much as we'd love to see him in a Green Lion shirt, um, I think everyone in Guernsey Football will be uh, pleased to, to hear that news today. Um, ben AC, of course, one of a clutch of players um, to move into the professional game in the last year or two. It has been an exceptional time, hasn't it, in that regard. Um, but one player who's been plying his trade off-island for a little longer now and a little further away is Callum Chapman. Page, The former North youngster and star trophy captain has been in America for a number of years, having moved over to study. Um, now 26, he's a mainstay of the Miami FC defence, who play in the USL Championship, the second tier of US soccer. Well, I caught up with Callum to find out more about the football he's playing and to hear more about the opportunities there could be for Guernsey youngsters now to follow in his footsteps. I began by asking him just to talk through his journey so far. Someone came in, spoke to me about um, going to America and thought it was a great opportunity. Spoke to a few coaches, someone connected me with them. Um, and I ended up going to Texas for my first year. It was, uh, it was a big experience. It was cool. They, uh, they told me how to two-step, cowboy hats, boots, you <laughs> name it. That was Texas to a team. All the meals were like five times the size of a normal portion. And then the first... 
was it the first, after the first season I, I did well and I thought it was time to, to push on to a different school, a, I would say a better a better program. Um, and then I transferred to West Palm Beach in Florida. And I think it was the best decision that I could uh, make at the time. Uh, the facilities, the grass was Premier League level, the gyms, everything was just top, top class. Um, and I came here and played two years and it was it was really enjoyable. It was really competitive compared to Texas. Uh, I would say the Florida leagues were very, very high. Uh, we trained every day. We went to school pretty much every day. So you have to keep up with your classes. That's important. Um, and then after that, I was lucky enough to go on the season, get a trial with Miami and did well. And then I just signed and I've, I've carried on ever since. Yeah, awesome. And tell us about Miami FC. Uh, what what's the setup there like now? Kind of, you know, what what sort of level is it in in US soccer? Um, yeah, what what's the whole environment like? It's the USL is just below the MLS. Uh, everyone always asks me what's the comparison in England, and it's top. It's 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 top. Um, I would I would probably say one league two is probably the comparison. Um, and I mean, it's, it's good. We, we go in for the morning, we get our treatment before training. We go out and train on the grass, there's palm trees and everything around. The weather's beautiful. Andy Pulis is the coach, so he's an English coach, which I, I enjoy that sort of side of it. Um, we'll do maybe two hours of training, some tactics, shape, uh, some technical work. Um, we train pretty much every day and then we'll have a game on Saturday or Wednesday depending on the schedule. Overall, it's just a really good setup. I mean, the facilities and everything in the States is just top the top. So it really helps compared to, in England, if you're in the lower league, it's really old school, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's uh, very swish in Miami. What, what are the match days like? I mean, how, how, many, how many people are you playing in front of and what's the atmosphere like? So again, that, that probably varies as well. So some games we get about not at home, when we play away, it's probably around 14,000, 8,000, 10,000 in that range. Uh, stadiums, some teams have their own stadium and everything. Some play at baseball stadiums, they sort of, they're in it together, if that makes sense. So they do that. Um, but it just depends where you go. There's some crowds there, some good crowds that get after it and it's enjoyable. I always love going to celebrate with the away fans after we win the score. And yeah, I mean, take us back to, to that sort of first decision to move to the States. Um, was it something you'd ever kind of thought about, you know, as a, as a youngster? I mean, was it ever on your radar to, to do something like that? I don't think it was ever on my radar until someone came in and they spoke about it and they showed me the, um, the schools and the facilities. And at the same time, if you're a, a decent player and you have, decent grades, you get financial scholarship, athletic scholarship. So the cost is, is minimum compared to in England where you don't really get those. And a lot of people that are coming out to play are still trying to play professional after, but they're not just going out here to study. So I think that was a big thing as well. It wasn't like I was giving up on my dream. I was able to study and at the same time keep playing at a high level with a chance of achieving more. But I didn't think about it until someone came in and spoke to me and showed me all these amazing things. And at the start, I thought, oh, I was a bit apprehensive. But then when I made the decision and came over and saw it, I was like, it's the best decision that 
I could have made, especially at that time. And you've been there for quite a few years now. Yeah, I know. I'm getting old. I'm getting <laughs> old. <laughs> How long have you been there? I think it's like seven, seven years, eight years. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get to live in Miami. It's not on the beach right here, so that definitely helps. Yeah, fantastic. I'm too scared to come back at Christmas. It's too cold. <laughs> and yeah, just um, remind us of your experience in Guernsey football, because I know you were involved in star trophies and, um, you know, you represented the island when you were here. Um, I mean, how fondly do you look back on that time? I mean, it's, it's been so long, hasn't it? But I loved it. I loved going, like playing with all my friends in that sort of close-knit environment was was awesome. When it, I think we every team that we... There was a core group of us, and I mean, every team that we played on sort of won things, and it was just the Marathis and stuff like that. It was just a great experience to beat Jersey. And I, I feel like we had a winning team for a while. We, the level that we went up, we kept winning. So it was really cool. I think I left just before I got to that sort of adult stage to really hit the non Marathi, which was disappointing because I, I, I love those games. I love the competitiveness, and that's what drives me. Even playing in these leagues, I love that fire and stuff. So, a bit disappointed that I didn't get to play at the senior level, but all through the grassroots and stuff, playing for North, playing for Guernsey, and representing was a great experience. Who did you play with, um, you know, for those Guernsey age group sides? There's Liam, Paris Pereira, Keanu, Sam Hale. So, a lot of guys who are playing for Guernsey FC this weekend, yeah. Yeah, a lot of guys are now there, yeah, playing exactly. It's cool. It's cool. Keep up with GFC and see how they're doing because I see all my mates always. Playing. Oh, for sure. And you know, when you look at the environment you're in now, um, and you think back to to learning your football in Guernsey, um, when you're here, I know you're involved in um, you had some involvement in academies in England and and whatnot. But um, I mean, yeah. how big a part of kind of making you the player you are today was that time in Guernsey and you know those kind of competitive, um, super competitive matches against Jersey and, and age group Marathis. Yeah, I think they gave me that competitiveness. I'm like, that's one of my main uh, traits, that fire and stuff, especially being a defender. But I think just the technique and how easy available football was there to train and practice and go to a field. Those things definitely helped me in Guernsey grow. And then going to England made me more into a man, more mature and understand what it was going to take to get there. And then... Coming to America gave me the physical side sort of those attributes that I definitely needed as well. So I think it was just a good process at the right times. Speaking of some of those GFC players, I and mean, we've seen a few guys go over to America in recent years as well. Jacob Fales, who was back playing for, for GFC this season. Seb Smead has been away as well. I mean, yeah, how, how much would you recommend it as a as a, an avenue to go down if you are, you know, if you're a young player of a certain ability and desire in yeah. the game? I mean obviously obviously yeah, you've stuck with it so it must be uh yeah you must enjoy it it must be good yeah <laughs> i spoke to um a few athletes in guernsey and a few of them are actually looking at the process and coming out and speaking to schools as we speak um i think it was the best decision that i made especially for parents as well like, you get to study get a degree and at the same time play at a really high level and get the experiences of america you've got the beach you different culture the food people so I think even in that aspect if you're not looking to hit the next level it's still a great place to come to university and enjoy enjoy this sort of lifestyle see the world a little bit at, at a really small cost so I can't half on enough on trying to get players and people out here 
So I'm just trying to get the word out and say there is an opportunity there for people. Um, I think people are starting to open their eyes and see that as well because more people that hear about it and had experiences and hopefully we can get more athletes out here. It's not really just with soccer as well. It's swimming, basketball, tennis, golf. There's all these opportunities that people don't know about. So, What is the process itself? I mean, how early do you need to start thinking about it? So that's a great question. The earlier you do it, the better schools, uh, better footage and all that stuff that you have to get the school or place you want to go to. I mean, everyone wants to go, hey, let's go to Florida on the beach. Um, here and pay no money for university. Everyone wants that. Um, so the earlier you start that process, the better chance that, that you have. So most people start it probably a year before they're looking to come out. Um, just sort of coming back to your, you know, your football experience there. As you said, um, you've got Tony Pulis's son um, as a as a manager. Um, yeah, what's that like? Is it is it very much kind of like father like son in terms of the tactics and the style? Yeah, it's definitely father like son. Um, I've spoke to Ant about it a lot of times. The first person he speaks to is his dad about any tactics or anything like that. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs> but his training sessions, uh, his tactics, they're very, very structured compared to other coaches that I've had. And uh, you can see that in our defensive record this year. I think we have the second most clean sheets in the league. We haven't let that many goals in. And that's down to... 100% his structure, his tactics, how we press. It's just, it's cool seeing a, a coach that is so well structured and you can see it on the field compared to if you're in college, that you're sort of just going out there playing. Whereas every little detail from corners, body angle to pressing, our shapes that change when we have the ball, when we don't, it's just really interesting to see from someone that's obviously knows the game at such a high level. It was interesting recently with Todd Bowley at Chelsea, you know, um, throwing out this idea of an all-star game and there is still a bit of a, you know, there is a, there is a kind of, I said, maybe a resistance in English football to, to American soccer and the, you know, the sort of glitz and glamour and the ideas that come from there. But what's it like going the other way? Is there, you know, as an English player in the American game, do you get kind of sort of more respect because you, you know, you come from the UK? To be fair, I would say that you get more respect, yeah. A lot of players in the league are from all over the world, to be honest. There's not there's not that many Americans on each team. But something that's disappointing in America is there isn't promotion, relegation, and that. You, you need that. That's the, the life to the game, to be honest. So, as an English player coming from that sort of system and stuff, that's that's what I would say is disappointing in America. There is no promotion relegation. There's nothing to really um, achieve. I think we have something called the US Open Cup, which is the same as the FA Cup in England. And one of the teams, Sacramento in our league, they got to the final against Orlando and they lost us. It was two 0 But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's some really good USL teams, but you never really get to test their full strength because there's no promotion or relegation. It's just try win the league. And then it goes to playoff sort of thing. So that that probably be the only disappointing thing. So maybe there's an exchange there. We can give them uh, promotion relegation. We'll have to take the all-star game potentially. I mean, it must be a really interesting time to be in Miami and be a footballer, obviously, with what's been going on with Inter Miami. I mean, have you seen David Beckham around? Has he dropped in? It's, fu- it's funny. We Yeah, we did. We played them in pre-season. We beat them 5-1. And they had all their players playing. 
they didn't they didn't post that out. <laughs> I think they were still trying to find their feet. But yeah, Beckham was there. Um, Neville was there. Who who played against Higuain and stuff like those are the cool experiences that I think like you can't really take away from that playing against Higuain. And he's old and he's slower and stuff, but his brain you can just see his brain is five steps ahead of everyone else. Um, and then we actually played them in that cup I was talking about. And we lost we lost one now. That was a close game. They scored in the 86th minute. They had their first team out and everything. I thought we had them. That's incredible. And so you're not actually that far away from from, from that level that they're, that they're operating at? I, no, like for sure. Our team our team's a, is a good team. We've got a lot of internationals that play. Um America's a funny, a funny game to sort of hit the MLS because it's very, it's, it's hard. They, you only have a certain amount of they're called international slots. And they're giving them to Higuain. The Tweedy was here last year. Um, Romeo Beckham, his son gets one. Do you know what I mean? So these are all. It's very like close knit in that level. So yeah, it hurt when we lost to them. I thought. So we does that put a limit on your own ambition within America? Then I mean, if it was an open kind of system, do you think? You know, you'd be, you know, you'd have ambitions to to play in the MLS, but as it is, is that door kind of difficult to force open? The door is difficult to force open. It's definitely still there. We've had conversations. It's definitely still there. Um, but at the same time, Miami is the team now has given me everything. I've been here four years. I've got another year on my on my deal. I'm I'm happy where I'm at. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to play in the MLS against better players better crowds and better facilities. I would love that. But I would say I'm happy where I'm at doing what I'm doing with the players. I have a lot of confidence. So it's good at the minute. But yeah, for sure, I would always want to push in. Um, It's definitely still there. I think I'm getting to that age where the door's slowly going to be closing. But um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And what about coming back this way, if you can bear the cold? I mean, yeah. I think What are you now, mid-20s? Is there any, any prospect of playing in England? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> that I door's think. closed. <laughs> You're closing yeah, it. Yeah, no, I had a few um, a few offers maybe a year or two ago, and I thought about it, and I think I've set my life up here. All my contacts are here. Um, it's, a, it's a lot more relaxed. It's not like I'm getting shouted abuse at <laughs> by the fans or anything like that. So. And the cold, I'm telling you, I came back at Christmas. I could not feel my feet for a month while I was there. I don't think I'd be playing with two bricks on my feet. But no, I don't think I could do England. Yeah, not good for your first touch, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's already struggling. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I mean, and so yeah, if you, you know, with that in mind, I mean, do you see yourself kind of staying in football in the US? I mean, would you like to get into coaching, that kind of stuff? I mean, you know, you're still young, but... That's another big thing over here. I think being an English player and playing professional, I, I get a lot of really good coaching jobs and helping other kids and stuff. So that's a win for sure. A lot of Americans like hearing from an English perspective because that's what we're brought up on football. So coaching out here, I love it because the kids want to listen. They want to learn. Uh, schools want to want to pay for coaches and stuff. So. For sure, I think after football coaching is definitely a route that I'll be I'll be going down. Yeah, awesome. What about sort of personal highlights for you on the pitch during your time in America? I mean, what what stands out? So I think my two years in college, we lost like two games, and it was funny. It was the ones in the playoffs that we lost the first round every time. So 
that was a killer. But I love playing college and winning the league and the trophy uh, tournaments that we had. We, we won it. So those were definitely highlights. And then a funny story is I went on pre-season before Miami, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, and they're one of the top teams. Uh, I remember I felt a little bit disrespected because they the first day I trained and then the second day they just like put me on the side with a bib doing the line and I was like this is not for me this is not for me so I left and came to Miami signed here and then it, I think every I scored the game winner against them and it was just celebrating just celebrating in front of all their fans <laughs> great experience. like that meant a lot to me that meant a lot to me so that was a highlight for sure Oh, good, good to give something back. And then hopefully I can make the highlight this uh, this year to to win the USL. That would be great. We shall see soon. What kind of advice would you have for for young players in Guernsey? But I suppose you know in England, um, you know, you think it might be for them. I mean, what what kind of character traits would stand you in good stead for a move like this? I mean, when you when you look back, what's well, kind of made the difference for you? Sure there, was, there was definitely better players at the time. Um, than me in, in certain areas and I think if you believe in yourself and you work on the things that you need to work on and getting better then you can definitely achieve something um, I wouldn't let other people's opinions hold you back if you think you can achieve something and you have the drive and you want to work at it for sure you should um, and I think America is a great opportunity for people wanting to test the water for both whether that's studying or keep playing so my advice would be don't give up. Don't listen to more people. If you believe in it, you're willing to work. There's an opportunity. And, and yeah, at some stage, you've got to realise, all right, this isn't for me. This isn't working. Well, I, I would come to that realisation on your own, not someone telling you. Oh, it's been really nice to chat and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Um, it sounds like you've got plenty to play for still. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, taking your time. I know with the time zone, it was, uh, it was a mission, so I appreciate it as well. Callum Chapman-Page speaking to me there. Um, yeah, fantastic to see him doing uh, so well over there and obviously enjoying the experience um, playing under Tony Pulis's son in Miami, uh, a glamorous football location, whether the football is as glamorous. Well, it depends if it, the, the Pulis family stick by the same sort of traditions of football. But um, you'd imagine the amount, the, the sort of quality that Callum's got, I imagine it's a bit more uh, midfield-based yeah. out in Miami. Yeah, really awesome to see um, what he's doing over there. And um, yeah, we'll see uh, how many other uh, Guernsey footballers head to America in uh, the coming years. Um, right, let's look back at what happened um, closer to home over the weekend, Gareth. And in Jersey, of course, we had a full slate of Wee Way Cup fixtures. And I, I mentioned at the top some eye-catching results Uh I think you told the JP reporter, didn't you, it was going to be the closest game at, at yeah. Saints? I was, I was speaking to my colleague at the Jersey Evening Post on Friday and um, sort of just talking about the WeeWay Cup fixtures. And I suggested that the Grooville Saints game will be the closest one out of the three, or perhaps most eye catching, put it that way. And um, yeah, when I saw the result come through of Grooville 8 St. Martins 2, I must admit I was somewhat shocked, to say the least. Um, it's it's quite that's quite a performance from Grooville. I, I, I was quite impressed with them at North in the Jeremy a couple of weeks ago, but to um, to take to hit Saints for eight is just a heck of a result. And uh, Carl Hines scored five of those, so he's obviously in good form. He, he looked very sharp against um, against North too. So uh, yeah, it's uh, 
Um, it's something that Jason Lehman, who's the assistant coach to Leon Meekin at Saints, put down to a, a really bad day at the office. And you can't imagine the Saints will have results like that against them very often. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of expect a big reaction from them. They actually played them again, uh, play Groovel again in the Jeremy at the end of this month. So um, I think that could be quite an interesting game just to see how they respond to, to this weekend's defeat. Yeah, that'd be one to get to for sure. And it was 2-1 at halftime. So, uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, it was tight up in the first the 45 ball accounts. So, um, yeah, and then... I think Saints were just... I think they um, plotted their own downfall, to be honest. I just think they made quite a few mistakes and just trying to play sort of some football out from the back and it just didn't work a lot of the time. And uh, they just got caught on, and it was probably one of those days where everything that Groovel hit found the net. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it was a remarkable result. But um, at the end of the day, it's just um, it's one cup. So um, Saints will have to look on to the next one now. Yeah, I guess it does go to show as well, doesn't it? The last season, um, you know, Saints more or less have dominated all of Channel Island football. Um, looks a lot more open uh, kind of here and across the islands as well this season. Elsewhere, North were the only Guernsey side to win. They beat St. 1-2-1 through to the next round. Um, Rovers, the other Sarnian side in action. Um, that one went all the way to extra time. Uh, it was one all uh, at the uh, 90. And they ended up finishing, I think, with nine men. Uh, yeah, by um, by all accounts, um, it was one all sort of going right towards the end of the 90. They lost, I believe it was Toby Oliverodi, um sent off I think late on in the 90 and then early on in extra time uh, Louis Fuller was also sent off so they basically played the, the vast majority of extra time with nine men so um, the 4-1 at the first glance it was a bit of a shock but once you find sort of those details out it's, it's perhaps not that big a shock in terms of the, the margin of defeat at the end but um, yeah um, we've got a report uh, our reporter Harry Jones spoke to Rovers coach Kevin Gillies today and um, I think Kevin was pretty pleased with how his side played for the vast majority of the, of the 90 it's just it's, it's very difficult to overcome sort of having nine men in, in extra time when obviously everyone else is getting tired as well so um, yeah it's that's a bit of an unfortunate result for Rovers I think um, certainly the margin of victory is it seems probably flattering to St Peter without being at the game so yeah it's just North who make it through um, St Paul's beat St Clement um, in the other we were game or jersey affair um so uh, yeah we'll see how north get on in the rest of the tournament um there was just one game in guernsey uh by way of senior fixtures this weekend um bells four three winners over sylvan so uh, bells um into second in the table three wins from their opening four games and um yeah good start for christopher Eck. Yeah, that's a that's another good result for Bells. Obviously, they, they came off the back of their defeat to Rovers the week before, and they also went behind early on in this one to Sylvans. Um, but they obviously responded very well. They came back and um, they were leading. I think they got to four two ahead, and um, they got pegged back for one more goal later on. But um, that's a it's a good performance from Bells to to bounce back from their their only defeat so far in the season to to pick up another win and move up the table. Yeah, looking at this week's fixtures, um, Sylvans are in action in the FA Cup against Saints Vets, um, that one on Tuesday night. And then we've got a full slate of FNB Premier League fixtures um, at the weekend. Bells go up to Alderney, it's Rovers against Rangers, um, North against Sylvans and Saints against Rec. Um, the Saints kick off. Uh, a five o'clock. Right, I think that's just about it from us. Uh, congratulations again, once again to Mayor Letizia, um nominated um, for two Player of the Month awards um, for her star at Manchester United. So uh, great to see. And um, she's busy as well this week, off with England's under-23s. Um, so uh, yeah, the good times continue for Mayor, which is fantastic to see. Um, we'll be back next week, I think, with a look at uh, what's been happening in the local game and reaction to the latest GFC stuff as well. Um, in the meantime, if you're not already, do give us a follow on social 
social media at GSY Press Sport is a place to go on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, do pick up a paper as well, six days a week for the very best local football coverage, local sports coverage in general. Gareth, thanks very much. We'll see you soon. Cheers, Johnny.